Yes, it came from outer space to fill the world with terror, to bring you unforgettable suspense. <coughs> what was it? Where did it come from? Who were the all-powerful creatures it brought from outer space? And what did they want on Earth? You can learn the amazing answer only when you see the most thrilling picture in years. It came from outer space. In the astonishing realism of three dimension, with objects coming right out of the screen, so real they almost touch you. Welcome to Treks and Sci-Fi. This is episode 453 for Sunday, September 8th, 2013. Hey everybody, what's happening? This is Mark Daniels from the Great Pacific Northwest. I'm M5 on the Treks and Sci-Fi forum, and I'll be your guest host this weekend. I'm back this week with another blast from the past. On this week's episode of Treks and Sci-Fi, I'm going to take a look at another classic science fiction movie. Today's movie is from 1953, It came from outer space, starring Richard Carlson and Barbara Rush. Before I get into the movie, I'd like to thank Rico for giving me another opportunity to share with all of you another classic science fiction movie. I'd also like to thank everyone who took the time to listen to me today. I hope you enjoy it. With that said, I'm going to play the main title theme to this movie. I'll be back after the music with some movie information, and then we'll get into the movie.
It Came From Outer Space was released May 25, 1953. It has a running time of 81 minutes. It was directed by Jack Arnold. It was produced by William Allen. The screenplay was written by Harry Essex. The production budget for this movie was $750,000. It was based on the short story, The Meteor, by Ray Bradbury. The music was written and composed by Herman Stein, and it was distributed by Universal Studios. And here's the cast. Richard Carlson as John Putnam. Barbara Rush as Ellen Fields. Charles Drake as Sheriff Matt Warren. Joe Sawyer as Frank Dillon. Russell Johnson as George. Dave Willock as Pete Davis. Richard Carson as Dugan the Reporter. Virginia Mullen as Mrs. Dalen. And Catherine Hughes as Jane. Now let's get into the movie. Author and amateur astronomer John Putnam and his schoolteacher fiance Ellen Fields are stargazing one night when a meteor streaks across the sky and crashes into the desert. What was that? A meteor. One of the biggest. Can you see it? Yeah. Yeah, there it is. It's by the old Excelsior mine. John and Ellen wake up Pete, the local crop duster, and fly out to the impact site. A huge crater has been formed by the impact of the meteor. Ellen and Pete stay at the top of the crater while John climbs down to the bottom. At the bottom, he finds a glittery trail that leads to a sphere-like spaceship. He gets a glimpse of something in the open hatch of the spaceship, and then the hatch closes and causes an avalanche. John barely manages to escape before the ship is covered by tons of dirt and rocks. John tells Ellen and Pete about seeing a spaceship at the bottom of the crater. Look, what's the matter? There was something down there. Well, you're not kidding. A couple of tons of earth would almost hit you. No, no, that's not what I mean. Well, what do you mean? What was it you saw down there? I'm not sure. Some kind of a ship, I think. A what? A ship. What kind of a ship? I don't know. It's like nothing we've ever seen before. Look, someone must have hit this guy in the head. Come on. It sounds crazy, but I tell you it was there. Part of it was still showing. Look, boy, you've been up in the stars too long. Now, come on, let's get out of here. It's like a huge ball rammed there in the side of the crater. Look, this is no place to hold a conversation. Come on, let's go before it starts falling again. All right, all right. I'm not crazy and I'm not imagining. I tell you, I saw this thing. Oh, brother. I saw an open portway. So what was inside? Well, something. Then the door slammed shut and started the landslide. That figures. Come on. Pete, will you listen to me? I did. I let maniacs drag me off in the middle of the night. Now on top of that, I get rocket ships thrown at me. Uh-oh. Here they come to find out what happened. Oh, please. Don't tell them what you told us. Ellen, I... I tell you, I was close enough to it, I... I could have reached out and touched it. But, Johnny, please. You're not going to tell those people you saw Martians running around down there. What would you say if I had found a Martian down there? I'd say hold them for a circus. And I'd say wait and find out what they're doing here first. Sheriff Matt Warren and the town's reporters are the next to show up at the crater. John tells him what he saw at the bottom of the crater, and the two men think he's a crackpot. John and Ellen and Pete fly back to the airport. On their way home, John and Ellen see a strange image in the middle of the road. They pull over to investigate it, but find nothing. But unbeknownst to them, they are being observed by an alien from the spaceship. 
John and Ellen return to the crater the next morning. They are met by a group of reporters. John pushes past the reporters and heads to the bottom of the crater. At the bottom of the crater, he meets his friend, Dr. Schnell, and his assistant, Bob. Dr. Schnell tries to explain to John there's no evidence to support his story of a spaceship crashing there. Hiya, Bob. Hi. Well, well, John. Hello, Dr. Snell. Glad you could get away. I wouldn't have missed it for anything. How long have you been here? Oh, about an hour. Oh, you've just gotten started then. Well, hardly. I've seen enough. But you do believe me. Look, John, last night you saw a meteor fall to Earth. That much has been substantiated by witnesses. The, the presence of the crater itself, its formation and characteristics all support the theory that it was a meteor. But I tell you, I saw a ship. You saw something that looked like a ship. You can't prove it, John. I can prove it if I can get you to help me dig it out of there. I can't in good faith ask the university to do it. We'd dig for months and spend thousands, and maybe all we'd find would be these. Look, not the black coloring characteristic of the meteor, the, the fusion from heat, the, the nickel and the iron. Facts, John, facts. Even the angle of, of contact with the Earth, everything points towards it being a meteor. All right, all right, I'll admit I don't have all the and answers. And one but... more point, John. Come on. Find anything, Bob? No, Doctor, not a thing. There you are. You see, there's no sign of any excessive radioactivity anywhere in the area. Odd, wouldn't you say, for something coming in from outer space? I don't know what's odd and what isn't anymore. But I do know I expected you to be more open to the idea than the others. You're a man of science. And therefore less inclined to witchcraft, John. Not witchcraft, Dr. Snell. Imagination. Willingness to believe that there are lots of things that we don't know anything about. Look. There was a time when people thought the Earth was a level plane between two mountains that were set there to hold up the sky, and that the stars were lamps hung from that sky. Then a better idea came along, and people were willing to listen. Be realistic, John. We've worked together before. In the meantime, you can do an article for us. Yeah. Yeah. I already have. An intense young man. Yeah. And an odd one, too. More than odd, Bob. Individual and lonely. A man who thinks for himself. Report on the arrival of strangers from outer space. Upon leaving the crater, John is met by Sheriff Matt. Sheriff Matt lets John know that he will not allow him to make a fool out of Ellen. Uh, I've been hoping I'd run into you, Putnam. What's the matter, Matt? Did I break a law or something? Hey, you might call it that. Ellen's supposed to be teaching school today. I told her to stay out of this. You know Ellen. Yeah, I know Ellen. I also knew her father. I was his deputy. And I mean to keep an eye on her. Trouble is, she keeps trailing after you. See, this town doesn't understand you, poking around out here in the desert, squinting up at the stars, and now you come up with this story. This town. The reason I came out here to the desert was to try and get away from that kind of thinking. Putnam, you frighten them. What frightens them they're against, one way or another? Look, Matt, I'm frightened, too. You want to destroy yourself, that's your lookout. But leave Ellen alone. She needs a job. On their way back to town, John and Ellen come across two friends, Frank and George. Frank and George are telephone repairmen. Frank says he's heard some strange noises over the telephone lines. Frank asks John and Ellen to check one area of the lines while he and George check another area. Frank and George are driving down the road when they see a strange image in front of them and pull off to the side of the road. They both get out of the truck to see what it was and are attacked and abducted by the aliens. After finding nothing, John and Ellen 
returned to report to Frank and George and discover their abandoned truck on the side of the road. John sees a glittery trail and follows it into the desert, where a glassy-eyed robotic George emerges and assures him that nothing is wrong. John, seeing Frank's body on the ground behind a rock, grabs Ellen and races back to town to get the sheriff's help. As soon as they leave, the real Frank and George awaken from being knocked out and see before them a robotic replica of George, who explains that he is an alien and he has taken the form of a human. The alien assures Frank and George that they are peaceful and they will not be harmed. Don't be afraid. It is within our power to transform ourselves to look like you or anyone. For a time, it will be necessary. We cannot, we would not take your souls or minds or bodies. Don't be afraid. Your friend is all right. Meanwhile, John and Ellen race back to town. They try to convince Sheriff Matt that something is wrong and they have proof of it. He doesn't believe their story. He finally accompanies them back to the desert and leaves in disgust when they find no trace of Frank or George. All three return to town when Sheriff Matt watches John, who spots alien Frank and George, and chases them down the alley. John corners the two in a dark doorway. The aliens tell them that they need time, and if they are left alone, they will remain peaceful. George? Frank? Keep away. Where have you been? We've been looking all over for you. I want to help you. What happened out there in the desert? Tell me and we'll go to the sheriff. Stand back. Whoever you are, whatever you are, I want to understand you. I want to help you. Then keep away. John Putnam. We don't want to hurt you, you least of all. We don't want to hurt anyone. What have you done with them? Your friends are alive. They will not be harmed if you do as we say. What are we supposed to do? Give us time. Time or terrible things will happen. Things so terrible you have yet to dream of them. Meanwhile, back at the mine, three old prospectors are the next to be attacked and abducted by the aliens. Later that evening, John wonders if he's made the right decision by not interfering with the aliens. Sheriff Mack calls John and Ellen to his office. John and Ellen are met in the sheriff's office by Frank's wife and George's girlfriend. The two girls say the men are acting funny. Sheriff Matt says the two men in their truck are missing. Ellen takes the two ladies home. Then Sheriff Matt tells John about some electrical equipment being stolen from the hardware store. Next, Dr. Schnell's secretary calls the sheriff and reports that Dr. Schnell and his assistant are missing as well. His secretary reports that they were last seen at the crater. Matt and John head out to the crater only to find the abandoned car of Dr. Schnell. On her way home, Ellen is abducted by alien Frank and taken to the mine. John receives a call from the aliens letting him know that they have Ellen. John and Sheriff Matt race out to the mine. Sheriff Matt waits in the car while John goes to meet the aliens. One of the aliens has taken Ellen's form and lures John to the entrance of a mine. 
Once at the entrance of the mine, an alien voice instructs John that it is from an advanced race and they are not here to harm the people of Earth. They have crashed here accidentally on their way to another planet. All they need is time to repair their spaceship. The alien further explains that although they desire contact with Earthlings, humans are not yet developed enough to accept the alien's frightening appearance. John refuses to agree until the alien shows himself, but then turns away in horror from the sight of the huge, one-eyed, bulbous creature. Ellen! Ellen? Ellen! Where's Ellen? Where's Ellen? Stay where you are. Come out in the open. Come out where I can see you. No. Let me see you as you really are. What do you want? What are you doing? We are repairing our ship to leave your world. We need your help. You ask me to help you. How can I when you've kidnapped and stolen, for all I know, even murdered? We have a long way to go. By nightfall, we will have left your Earth. You will not see us until it is time. Time for what? Time to kill? Time to take over? We have souls and minds, and we are good. Then why are you hiding? We are not yet ready to meet in friendship. Why not? Because you would be horrified at the sight of us. Had you fallen on our world, it might have been different. We understand more. All I understand is that you've taken my friends captive. And now the girl. We hold her hostage as well as the others. Keep your people away or we will destroy them. How do I know that your whole mission here isn't to destroy all of us? Our mission was to another world. You must believe me. Only an error dragged us toward Earth. Stand out in the sun. In time, perhaps. Then I can't believe you. Let us stay apart, the people of your world and ours. For if we come together, there will only be destruction. I've got to see you as you really are. Come out or I can't take the responsibility of protecting you. Very well, then. You asked to see this. So you shall. John returns to the car and tells Sheriff Matt what he has learned from the alien. John convinces the sheriff not to take any action against the aliens. Sheriff Matt drops John off at his house. The aliens have paid him a visit and have taken all his clothes. John heads to Sheriff Matt's office and tells him about the aliens paying him a visit. Sheriff Matt is nervous and worried about Ellen and the others. He doesn't believe the aliens are peaceful. He sees the alien Frank and tries to stop him. John struggles with the sheriff and stops him temporarily. Sheriff Matt rounds up some of the local men and forms a posse. They head out to stop Alien Frank. They form a roadblock, shoot and kill Alien Frank. John heads out to the mine and tries to reason with the aliens. John encounters an alien in the form of Ellen. The alien Ellen tries to kill John, but he shoots and kills it first. John continues to search the tunnels for a spaceship. He finds the spaceship and the head alien, which has taken his form. The head alien, fearing the approaching mob, declares he will not let his ship fall in the hands of man. 
John proposes that if the aliens release the people as a sign of good faith, the head alien agrees reluctantly and releases the unharmed people. The people crawl through the mine shaft to the crowd outside. here to help you not to kill. Stay where you are. going to be to no other worlds. A thousand years of work and you're willing to see it all end here abruptly on this, this strange planet. Is that the way you want it? When there might still be a chance? Then go and stop them. Free the girl first. Show the mob you mean them no harm. How can I trust you? You can always reach out and destroy us with that. John sets off the dynamite at the mouth of the mine and blocks the entrance. The town people stand together and watch the spaceship fly out of the crater and across the sky. When Sheriff Matz asks if they're gone for good, John explains that they will return when humans are ready to accept them. Well, they've gone. For good, John? No, just for now. It wasn't the right time for us to meet. But there'll be other nights other stars for us to watch. They'll be back. And that's the end of the movie. Now it's time for some movie trivia. The Universal Makeup Department submitted two alien designs for consideration by the studio executives. The design that was rejected was saved and later used as the mutant in the Universal's This Island Earth. Although credited to Harry Essex, most of the script, including dialogue, is copied almost verbatim from Ray Bradbury's initial film treatment. Film historian Tom Weaver talks quite a bit about this in the movie's commentary track. Barbara Rush won a Golden Globe as most promising female newcomer for her appearance in this film. It Came From Outer Space was Universal's first science fiction movie since the Flash Gordon series of the 1930s and was their first official 3D release. The working title for this movie was The Strangers From Outer Space. And that's all I have for movie trivia. Here are my comments about the movie. I watched the 2002 DVD release from Universal Studios. I picked it up from Amazon for about 8 bucks. 
The picture and sound quality on this DVD are really good. This DVD is loaded with bonus features. It comes with a 32-minute documentary entitled The Universe According to Universal about the making of this film and other Universal science fiction movies of the 1950s. It also comes with a full-length commentary by film historian Tom Weaver, a photo gallery, a poster gallery, theatrical trailer, and production notes. This movie is well worth the money. This was one of those movies that was always on television when I was a kid. I haven't seen this movie in years. I remember watching it as a kid. I really didn't understand what was going on. All I can remember was the aliens left snail trails all over the desert. And I didn't even realize they were shapeshifters until I was an adult. But after rewatching this movie and listening to the commentary in preparation for this podcast, I really, really appreciate this movie. I really like this movie. It has a great story. You know, in the 1950s, most alien movies, aliens were here to conquer us. You know, like War of the Worlds and Invaders from Mars. This movie was different. These aliens, their car broke down. All they're trying to do is fix their car and get back into space, which is, which is really cool. I like the cast. Richard Carlson is the stereotypical leading man in a science fiction movie from the 1950s. There's only two types. You got the science guy or you got the military guy. Richard Carlson in this movie is the science guy. And if you watch the thing from another world, the military guy is always Kenneth Toby. So those are the two types. Um, Barbara Rush, she did her part well. All she had to do was scream. She did that a lot. Um, Charles Rake, he was okay as well. You know, he was the guy who was in love with Ellen, but Ellen didn't love him, but he was looking out for her. So he did okay in the movie as well. Uh, the movie had a lot of cheesy dialogue, but the movie also had a lot of good dialogue. So if you get a chance... Listen to, listen to some of the stuff. It's, it's really good. The one thing I really like about this movie was the use of the theremin. I love the theremin. I remember hearing it in science fiction movies and on The Outer Limits, and I never knew what it was until about five years ago. I took my youngest daughter to the Pacific Science Center in Seattle, and they had one on display. And I thought it was just a display model, but it's actually a working model because I saw a lady working it. And then I stood up to it and I started playing with it. And I was like, I definitely got to get one of these. And I'm going to get one one day because they're very cool. The one thing I learned about this movie that I never knew, I never knew this movie was in 3D. I can't tell you how many times I've seen this movie and I didn't even know it was 3D. So they really need to put this movie back in 3D since, you know, they have all these 3D movies now. I would go see this movie if they put it in 3D just to see it, you know, for the first time in 3D. I bet it'd be a kick. So... It Came From Outer Space is a really well-done science fiction movie. And it some would say it's one of the best science fiction movies of the 1950s, and I would tend to agree. I would recommend this movie to all science fiction fans. I would definitely recommend it to fans of the 1950 genre or fans of Richard Carlson. So I'm going to give this movie a 9 out of 10. And those are my comments about this movie. Before I wrap up this week's podcast... I'd like to thank Rico again for letting me share with all of you one of my favorite science fiction movies. Thank you, Rico. I'd also like to thank everyone who took the time to listen to me today. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back soon with another classic science fiction movie. Everyone take care. This is M5, signing off.
listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. Join the forum at treksinsci-fi.com forward slash forum or write to Rico today. TrekSF at gmail.com Until next time, live long and prosper. Treks in Sci-Fi.